0: Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. I'm Angela Brown, Senior Enrollment Insights Leader at Niche. Today, you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen to it on the go. You can find all of the resources that are mentioned here and the original recording on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz/insights. Enjoy! Okay, we've got everybody starting to populate in our waiting room. Welcome everyone. We do like to start on time, so we're gonna give it another minute for everybody to kind of jump in and then we will get started with the content. All right, we've still got a few folks coming in, but we're at 2.01, so I think it's safe for us to go ahead and get started. Don't worry, we are recording this. So if you miss anything, it'll be just fine. We'll send you that recording. Um, But welcome to our session on digital BFFs, how you can use GA4 to connect marketing and admissions. I am Angela Brown, I probably um, have seen many of you across the screen, I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader for K-12 at NICHE, and I am here with my friends Cooper Obenrader and Megan Tracy, who will be introducing themselves shortly. Before we jump into the content, I'm going to touch on a few housekeeping items that we always like to use as reminders at the start of our sessions. So as I mentioned this is being recorded. So no worries on that front. The recording is going to be sent to you tomorrow via email. We'll also have a podcast version available in the Enrollment Insights podcast feed so you can look forward to that as well if you'd like an audio only version to listen to in the car or on a train or while you're working out. And we are going to answer questions that were submitted during registration first when we get to the end and then we'll get to questions that come in live. So we will do our best to answer as many questions as we can. There are a lot around this topic, as you can imagine, especially being so close to the big day when we are all strongly encouraged i'll say to make the transition to google analytics for so you should see a panel on the go webinar um, console on the right side where you can ask questions i will be moderating so i'll be keeping an eye on those questions over the course of the presentation so cooper and megan can focus on content and then we will be addressing those at the end now if you don't get your question answered live. Don't worry. Feel free to reach out to any of us afterwards. We would be happy to answer any questions that we can't cover during the live session. And with that, I will turn things over to Cooper and Megan to go through our agenda and do some introductions.
1: Great. Thanks for that, Angela, and thanks everybody for joining. Really excited uh, to talk through this today. Like Angela said, it's a burning topic. Probably something everyone's getting emails about or seeing in their newsfeed. So I we can really shed some light on this and, and make it a, a good transition for everybody. Um, as far as the agenda, uh, we will do some introductions of Megan and I here in a second. Uh, and then I think to get into why this is important for this group, for marketing and admissions, we need to look at really what enrollment management and that experience looks like for, for you all, but also for a parent in 2023. Um, then we'll get into that analytics transition timeline just to, again, kind of understand where we are and, and how we got here. Um, And then we'll really get into the differences in the new platform versus the old platform uh, and how you can use it to track ROI or conversions. Essentially, those critical junctures uh, when a parent is applying to your school. Um, We want to then connect that to the other systems in play here uh, and just give you a bit of a roadmap for how you can put that data into action uh, with your team. So before we get into all of that, though, uh, my name is Cooper Obenreeder. I'm the digital sales leader here at NICHE. I really work with all of our partners, all of our uh, wonderful school partners, day in and day out, marketing and admissions, uh, with everything from the paid campaigns that we run, uh, but a lot of focus is on ROI, Google Analytics, and helping you to maximize the, the data available uh, in your marketing efforts. And uh, Megan, if you'd like to introduce yourself.
2: Thanks. Yeah, um, I'm Megan Tracy. So I'm a senior digital marketing manager here at Niche, and my team is responsible for actually setting up and running those marketing campaigns and then making sure that within analytics, um, all of you are seeing ROI. So much more in the weeds than uh, Cooper on the sales side.
1: Right. Yep. So uh, together, we really think that uh, we've got some information prepared for everybody about how Google Analytics Uh, can bridge the gap between kind of that digital experience that a parent's going through and what you all are seeing uh, when running your your businesses, but also hopefully connect marketing and admissions and and just provide some alignment uh, where the data is concerned. And so um, that parent enrollment experience, it is complex and this uh, one image is not going to capture everything, but I think it's a good backdrop for what we're talking about today. Um, We're talking about how Google Analytics can give you information about that digital experience that a parent is is undergoing um, when they are researching and applying to schools and so again very simplified version of this is you know parents identify that they have a need uh, whether that's they need to find a new school a school for the first time maybe their current school isn't meeting their child's needs they have this need and more often than not they're going to go to the internet and and conduct a search to really start uh, that process That search could lead them to niche more often than not, they're going to be touching a platform like niche or some of the others out there. And they're gonna start that comparison process. Uh, Angela and her team, they did a survey, the 2022 parent survey found that actually 81% of parents when they are beginning this journey, they're really starting their list from scratch. Um, And a lot of them uh, just under 50%, they are attributing the end decision to information that they found on a search site like Google or a search site like Niche. So uh, this digital journey, this part of the process is pretty critical to, to the inevitable decision they're gonna make. So again, they're gonna start this search, navigate around Google, maybe a platform like Niche. Uh, they're likely going to visit your socials, uh, but at a certain point, all of that is about giving them to your website uh, so that they can take that next step and enter your enrollment funnel, right? They get to your website, they're gonna conduct some research, And you really want them to take an action that allows you to engage with them. At a certain point, you want to be contacting that family uh, and really finding out if they are a good fit for your school and if you're a good fit uh, for them. And so this is the journey simplified. But I think when you view it in terms of what you all are doing every day, obviously supplementing this journey, this digital experience is word of mouth, your brand, other non-digital assets and encounters that influence the family. But I think more specifically, I want to focus on some of these other kind of platforms and and junctures where you can be really capturing good information from from these parents, particularly your website. When a family gets there, that's where Google Analytics should be coming into play. You should have analytics installed on your website, and we'll talk about how it works later. But generally speaking, it's going to capture data about where somebody came from, essentially the first half of this line, uh, and then what they did once they got to your website what they did and how it relates to enrollment is um, these actions and as you all know oftentimes these actions are living or managed by very valuable um, third-party tools Veracross the SAO things like that that actually facilitate that parent engaging with you um, either by submitting information or scheduling a visit something like that Uh, and then last but not least when those parents make it to your site they engage with those platforms that data has to live somewhere. Uh, you can call it your CRM, you can call it your student information system, some of these platforms do all of the above, but the general idea is um, tools are being used to capture parent information and then there's a place where all of that information lives. And so it's a very complex journey, but hopefully we'll be able to dig into how data can shed some lights on different key parts of that journey. Um, From the parent side, I think it's also helpful to look at what a parent is experiencing in that that journey, right? So Swiftly Academy, I'm based in Pittsburgh where niche is headquartered. Um, Swiftly Academy is a local uh, private school that we partner with. This is what a parent sees if they were working through that line on the last page, right? They're gonna start a search. Uh, Niche could be in that search. Paid ads could be in that search. Google is constantly surfacing uh, information to make that experience better for their users. likely they're going to encounter your socials, your niche profile, and then again, they're going to make it to your website, those critical enrollment pages on your site, and sometimes when they do want to take a next step, they're going to have to leave your site, in this case with the academies, and go to a third party, go to a platform so that they can actually take that next step. So again, very complex journey, a lot of touch points, a lot of different kind of uh, platforms uh, in play. Uh, And then, of course, there's you wonderful people and there's everything that you're navigating and working within to make that process a reality. Right. On marketing, generally speaking, I know this is not a foolproof way to kind of divvy up responsibilities if responsibilities are even divvied up. um, But marketing, oftentimes you're managing that brand, the website, the analytics, the social platforms, any print materials that go out. Reputation management is a big of amorphous concept, but obviously um, that's going to play a critical role in, in how a family views you all and decides when and where to engage. Uh, and then, of course, paid advertising plus, you know, everything new that pops up every day. Um, admissions, same thing, full workload between in-person events, facilitating tours and visits, when you get a lead, actually managing uh, that outreach, that flow, or, you know, what does that enrollment process look like for you all? Some schools kind of uh, dictate or try to facilitate a very specific kind of series of actions, right? It could be fill out an inquiry, schedule a visit, submit test documents, get letters of recommendations, admissions, you're you're facilitating that process. You own oftentimes where that information lives and then financial aid is a, a critical piece uh, for those private schools that offer that. So all of this is coming together and again, just makes that process uh, inherently complex. Um, you all know this but I think where we want to start transitioning into the um, analytics part is that in all of those platforms all of those systems there is the way to get feedback about what you are doing and what it is creating and so first and foremost I think that's again the CRM or the student information system where this data inevitably lives Um, then we already touched on the website and analytics that's measuring what takes place on your website Again, a very uh, kind of critical part in that whole process. Uh, enrollment management platforms, oftentimes that's where our information is collected. Uh, and then in-person feedback, last but not least, uh, the, the time-tested and, and very important part of all of this is we, we work in a very hands-on business, if you will. Uh, you cannot replace talking to parents. But uh, these are the systems and the feedback. I do want to take it maybe one step deeper what do each of these do? Again, I think the CRM often ends up being uh, the source of truth when we're dealing with partners. Uh, that's where the process is managed and those outcomes are tracked. And so oftentimes when we're working with a school around budgeting planning or you know what kind of uh, enrollment they need to look for it next year, the CRM is gonna be where that information lives. Um, website analytics, that's not personally identifiable data but it is really gonna give you a lot of information about the quantity and quality of traffic or of outcomes um, from your efforts and your marketing spends. Again, if you're running paid ads, Google Analytics is gonna tell you what you got from that advertising and the quality of those results. Uh, The enrollment management platforms, I found that in a lot of our partners uh, systems, this is where attribution is determined. Essentially, if that's where the information is collected, it can be as simple as a how did you hear about us dropdown. And based on what a parent picks when filling out that inquiry, um, that could be how they are attributing success, failure, positive ROI, things like that. Um, and then in person feedback, again, you cannot replace that, but I think it's important to balance what a parent tells you with all of those other factors we've already looked at. Again, it's an inherently complex process, uh, and getting feedback from parents cannot be replaced but it should definitely be supplemented with information from other places. Um, And so with that in mind, big bold disclaimer, uh, I have a lot of these conversations, Megan has a lot of these conversations. Uh, We have found that there is no one size fits all, foolproof way to track and determine attribution. So if that was the goal in joining this session, I apologize, that is not gonna be the outcome. Uh, Like I've mentioned multiple times, this journey that a parent goes on, this experience, it's complex. Um, And as you all know, enrollment management, bringing together marketing and admissions, that's art, that's science combined. It is a complex, elaborate machine. Uh, And so there's really no way to determine the definitive source of an enrollment. I think be careful of folks who say there is because I think they're more selling the dream than they are selling uh, valuable information. And so what we want to talk about today, particularly with Google Analytics, is how when you're thoughtfully organizing and analyzing the data from all of those systems, all of those teams, all of those touch points that we just talked about, that's where marketing and admissions can align and really improve outcomes. That's where you can kind of bring it all together and, and use data to, to, to make sound decisions. So a lot of lead up for what we're talking about. But again, I think with all of that in mind, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I just said on the last slide. We're not going to give you the foolproof solution here, but I think with a little bit of focused effort uh, and just a little bit of technical kind of navigation, you can really create a sound kind of feedback loop that's gonna provide a lot of information as you continue to build marketing plans and try to you know, grow and support your schools. Um, and so again, Google Analytics 4, the, the reason we're all here today Um, This is, I think, an opportunity to connect marketing and admissions efforts to enrollment outcomes using, again, some of that digital kind of experience that we just talked about. So we'll start with kind of the timeline of how we got here. Um, Way back in October of 2020, it feels like ages ago, Google announced that they had a new platform coming out, Google Analytics 4. Um, So we've known it's coming for a little while. But March of last year is really when the the heat kind of got turned up and they said, hey, you have a a little over a year before we're sunsetting UA or Universal Analytics. Um, This new platform is out, and with the new platform, we're going to be deprecating the old one. Uh, That day, as many of you know, which is probably why you're here, that's July 1st. That's two days from now, D-Day, whatever you want to call it. That is when Universal Analytics, the platform that has historically been the most prevalent analytics platform, it's just going to stop collecting data as part of that that deprecation that we talked about. Um, And then flash forward a little bit, uh, Universal Analytics data will expire. So that historical data, it's not only gonna stop being collected, but it is going to uh, stop being accessible. Uh, Google has set that date at the end of the year. And so we've got plans really for those last two pieces, getting you set up with Google Analytics 4 to make sure there's no lapse in in data collection. And then uh, Megan and her team are working on plans and, and uh, information on how to make sure you're kind of uh, future-proofed with, with historical data. Um, one thing I do wanna say when looking at this slide, for anyone who has joined this, uh, but doesn't have experience with even universal analytics, uh, or, or maybe you know they feel they've got a good, but not perfect system, I, I found that in times of change, and this is absolutely a time of change, it's a good opportunity to reset, right? Um, Maybe you have been very active in universal analytics. Uh, This is still a good opportunity to use this new platform to sit down with your team and say, has what we've been doing been working for us? Right. And uh, if you're new to analytics, it's even better. You don't have some kind of historical system that you're trying to unwind. You get to kind of start from scratch. And so uh, whether you're new to it or it's something you have a lot of experience with. I really find that while this is a time of change in a busy season for everybody, it is an opportunity. And and so hopefully uh, that comes across in some of these next slides. Um, As far as differences between the platforms earlier, I said that analytics pretty much tells you quantity and quality of traffic and then where it came from. That is generally still the functionality of analytics. Where is our traffic coming from? What's it doing? Uh, There's a few, changes whether it be like language or actual functionality I've highlighted the two that I think are most relevant uh, for you all but also in the the context of today's conversation Um, the measurement model so universal analytics it used to measure everything based on a session and so a session is when somebody enters your website until when they leave closing the browser um, or timing out something like that and so really success was all based on what did somebody do in that session? Was it a good session? Um, are we getting good sessions from different sources? Things like that. Uh, GA4, they've I think uh, broadened it or minimized it, depending how you want to look. They've said it's not even so much a session; it's just what are those key interactions, right? And so rather than measuring everything as a session, everything's going to be event-based in GA4. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that in the, the future slides, but. Um, One of the biggest ways that that is materializing is the old quality metric or one of the key quality metrics that I think people were most familiar with was um, bounce rate. It was a measure of engagement by essentially saying um, a low bounce rate similar to a low golf score is is good. Uh, You want people not to bounce. So the lower that uh, frequency happens, the better the traffic, the better experience on your website, things like that. Bounce rate still exists. Uh, Google actually debated if they were gonna take it away for a little while, um, and then they brought it back after a bit of uproar from the community. Uh, But really, I think they've uh, pivoted to the inverse, which is engaged sessions or engagement rate. So if a bounced session was a bad thing, an engaged session is a good thing. And engagement rate is really a product of tracking events, tracking conversions, um, which is what we're gonna talk about uh, on the next slides. Um, and then conversions, goals, whatever you used to refer to those as, um, they still exist. They have had the name changed from goals to just conversions. Um, it's essentially the same capabilities, but I will say that I think GA4 makes setting it up um, and configuring it to your school uh, a lot easier. So same underlying purpose, but actually a bit more, uh, manageable for non-technical people, uh myself included, I am not a coder, but I think uh, the, the goal set up in analytics GA4 is is, is pretty manageable. So um, Google Analytics 4, conversions, events, event-based measurement, it really is the, the foundational change that has occurred. The best way to think about it is any important action or really any action in general on your website will be captured as an event and events are gonna fall into a few broad buckets. You can see the image down here on the right, uh, I think adds a lot of clarity to it, right? So clicks, 7,300 clicks happened on this website in the period of time that I'm looking at, and it shows you that change relative to the same time period prior. File downloads, that's a broad bucket. Page views, a very broad bucket, right? 31,000 counts of page views. All of those are captured by default kind of off the shelf with Google Analytics 4 and what hopefully the beginning of this presentation illustrated is that when you understand your enrollment experience and those key transactions or interactions, that's how you can use Google Analytics 4 to build an attribution model that connects the efforts, the front end inputs from marketing and admissions. To the outputs, to the outcomes occurring at least on your website, right? And um, so that's really, again, what we'll, we'll dig into today is how do we use this kind of foundational change in Google Analytics 4 to get information that's relevant to the world that we all live in, live in which is, you know, uh, enrollment. Uh, and so again, looking at that image I showed earlier, we're really going to kind of focus on this part of the journey. So like I said earlier, it is not a one size fits all, it's not a silver bullet solution, but Google Analytics 4 does create the opportunity to get really focused on what is happening here, what do we want to happen and what kind of information are we getting from it? So uh, that at the end of the day, I think where it's gonna come to fruition for all of you is in the form of conversions. I mentioned they used to be called goals, now they're called conversions. but it's a, a pretty, uh, I think, interesting and, and uh, resourceful way for you to be able to get information out of your website, again, without having to code. And so the, the thought is, is if every event is captured in a bucket, what we need to do is specify which events we care about. And so to do that, it's a lot of kind of if this, then that statements. You are applying different conditions to an event to determine... You know if it's one you care about and then you can establish it as a conversion i'll walk through these bullets and then kind of spell it out a little bit more on the right Um, but if an event matches the conditions that you specify or that you determine you can mark it as a conversion Uh, you want to get conversions as close to the completed action as possible i think when you're, you're talking about how families can engage with you knowing that they finished the app is more valuable than if they started the application but that's a function of your website and your enrollment experience. Um, That being said, it's also best practice to talk about where and what, right? So you want them to start an application. They have to make it to the apply page for that to happen. Set that as a conversion. uh, And then one step below that in the conversion path would be, did they click the link to start the application? All of a sudden, you're not just focused on, bottom of the funnel outcomes, but you're getting that second layer of information of, okay, we led the horse to water, how many drank, what do we need to change either in the application or in the apply page, um, things like that. Uh, Create goals for all of the major ways a prospective family can engage with you. We obviously want to drive visits, we want to drive applications, but if you have a contact us form, if you have downloadable content, uh, if people can schedule a coffee tour with the president, track those if they're relevant to your school and how you engage with families now uh, and then kind of self-explanatory but I think it helps again to be very specific name goals according to what those conditions actually represent and so I'll, I'll transition to the right to kind of illustrate that this is the interface in GA4 where you would specify the conditions for a goal so what we did for one of our partners is um we wanted to track applications that are going to live on My School app. So they use My School app as their third party platform to uh, collect parent information. Because that lives off of their website, uh, we need to essentially track the click where the family begins the application by going to My School app. And so we named the goal accordingly, begin application click, and then uh, this is where we start to add the specificity. The event or value is a click and we want to say, hey, tell me about events that equal a click. But specifically, I want that click to be a URL that contains the the text, my school app. Uh, And I want to know when the link click to that link occurs on this page. So I want to know about people starting the application from the apply page and then a extra layer of specificity that's just helpful to cover your tracks is when you designate that that click is outbound you want to know about clicks to those links that definitely take the user away from your site and so um, that is pretty much the schematics to track outbound clicks it's it's kind of that simple in GA4 but um, there are some trip ups and things I'll talk about on the next slide but you see how it's essentially starting broad and then you add the specificity by using the different conditions and things like that. Um, Again, with the naming, you can see here that we have a lot about viewing pages, and then there's one for actually uh, learn more. This school that we supported, that was how they wanted families to enter their fund. They have all of these pages where you can learn about visiting campus, or you can uh, learn about applying, but their call to action. The action they want families to take is fill out the inquiry, and then we will facilitate those things. And so that's the action we're tracking, but the page is where it can take place. Um, And again, you know, not news to everyone here, oftentimes it's going to be at least these three buckets, right? Applications, visits, and inquiries. Uh, We found that if you get essentially these all covered, that is a a wonderful place for most schools to to start. Um, There are some common mistakes both in conversion setup, but just in this transition to GA4 in general, Uh, like Angela said at the top of the call, please reach out to your niche representative. If you want support with this, we are doing this for all partners because it's just so critical to both our partnership, but also to just you and your success. So please reach out if you have any questions, you hit any snags, but some common mistakes that we've seen, um, you have to create a GA4 property, as well as a data stream in universal analytics. kind of parlance would have been, you have an account, you have a property, and then you have a view, Uh, same general concept, you have an account, then you have a GA4 property, and then within the GA4 property, you can have a data stream. The data stream is what actually, as the name implies, collects the data and feeds it into your account. Um, Ensure enhanced measurement is turned on. Think of that as the setting that captures the broad bucket of events. So it's in your admin panel, Uh, It should be turned on by default in some instances, but just triple check that this gets turned on. And that's what starts to fill the broad buckets of page views, clicks, things like that. Um, When you're setting goals, uh, be careful with operator conditions. We're talking about uh, a technical platform here. So when you say equals, it is going to look for equals. When you say contains, it's going to cast a wider net Um, back to the RenWeb or the MySchool example. Uh, If you use those platforms, you know that you can have a link for RenWeb backslash apply, RenWeb backslash inquire, RenWeb backslash portal. Think about who's using those, where you're linking to them on your site, and then use equals and contains appropriately. Um, You could have two different goals. I want to know about apply clicks. I want to know about inquiry clicks. Uh, But you would need to designate that in the text you're looking for to make sure that you're not double counting, or excluding. Um, And last but not least, I think less is more. Uh, This functionality is exciting, right? Once you learn how it works, you could essentially set a conversion for anything. I think Google is going to max everybody out at 30 per per data stream. But theoretically, you could have every click tracked as a conversion. Everything is important, then nothing is important. So again, think about those critical uh, interactions with families and set conversions for that. Um, And so now that you have this set up, it's really about then taking that data uh, and connecting the inputs to the outputs. Again, Google Analytics as a platform generally tells you quantity and quality of traffic. Uh, With conversions established, you're just going to add this more tangible layer of data to your analytics, connecting again, where did they come from, Uh, whether it be organic traction or marketing efforts, uh, and then the outcomes, visits scheduled, inquiries submitted, things like that. I'll, I'll talk more about that on the next slide. You start to see some of these images here of default reports that are available, right? The acquisition report pretty much boils down to the where did they come from? Google, Bing, niche, paid ads, things like that. Uh, it's gonna stack rank them in terms of where did that traffic come from, but then you're gonna be able to tie in other layers like the conversions. Where did the conversions come from? to to really again see are we getting a lot of traffic from somewhere and is it quality. Um, One kind of thing to keep in mind with all of this is that analytics, universal and GA4, it's still what's known as last click attribution. So the concept being that whoever delivered the user or the parent to your site in the session in which they um, took the action, that's who's going to get credit. It is. I think the tip of the iceberg on how to determine attribution. It is absolutely a critical part of it, but um, it is not an end-all be-all. So just know that, again, you're still kind of looking at this through uh, a time lens of what happened most recently, not what happened holistically. Um, A report, another way to kind of just view and add context to what I just said, when you're looking at the source medium report um, in analytics, there is going to be the the where, niche being a source, Google being a source, mediums being referral, if it's from your niche profile, or CPC if it's a paid ad, something like that. So where did they come from? And then broadly, how much was delivered, both in terms of users, which would be individuals or IP addresses, and then sessions, which is again, how many times did somebody visit the site? Uh, Single user can have multiple sessions um, as you hope or expect. Um, the data in the middle here, this is stuff that is uh, general performance metrics. It's captured kind of, again, off the shelf. As soon as you turn on analytics, it's starting to count up the engaged sessions or the engagement rate. And it's helpful context, I think, both for the quantity, but also for conversions. Because conversions, again, that's where you set definitive and relevant um, metrics or, or KPIs for what you want traffic to do. Um, It's important to know where all your application clicks come from uh, or more so important to know where all of the people who make it to your apply page come from. But if it's poor traffic quality when they make it to the apply page, that's a layer that you need to consider. And and I think that's just also an important distinction that this is data that layers on to uh, other existing data to just add, again, specificity and relevance for, for you all. Um, And so that's a lot of the technical piece, hopefully that was valuable at a high level in terms of the the why and the how I think once you have that set up to bring it back to how this can be a a good bridge for for marketing and admissions, I think it comes down to communication. Once this is set up, this data is still going to live exclusively in Google Analytics, and your CRM may still be where you're seeing outcomes of applications. And so coming together as a collective group and talking about, Hey, here's what we saw you know, during the a- application period or around decision deadline. This is what we saw on our website. And then, Hey, here's the outcomes we're seeing in our CRM that is going to be uh, one of the best ways to get a, again, not perfect, but at least aggregate picture of, of the different inputs and what's going on. I really think it boils down to like you get anonymous data from analytics, then you get specific data from your CRM or from parents and if you have those and you add this element of time or when did stuff happen you're not gonna be able to pinpoint an enrollment but you'll be able to at least kind of point in the right direction
2: um,
1: and with that you have to agree on success metrics I think uh, one of the things that we see with schools is again they're waiting for the perfect solution or they're they're looking Uh, for exactly what one team needs versus what another team needs. If you can agree on what's valuable for everybody and and not only valuable, but actionable, that's how you can create a system that, again, is not an end all be all replacement for for everybody's work or all the discussions you have, but it's a a critical component in saying, Hey, are we moving the needle based on what we agreed upon and the data that is available to us? Um, Again, Angela's team published some metrics or a piece of content about, apis like conversions and things that, that matter in 2023 i think that's a good place for for that discussion to start what of these do we agree is relevant to our school to our business and then how can we implement that in google Analytics? so uh, with that that is the the content piece of the presentation hopefully it, it connected some dots for some people um like angela said we do have a list of questions that were submitted in advance angela do you want me to just jump into the first one read it off and then Megan, you and I can decide how to tackle it.
0: I think that's perfect. And I'm keeping an eye on the questions that are popping in live as well. So we'll cover those once we get through these.
1: Wonderful. So, um, what are the important analytics that school should track? Is it beneficial to incorporate Looker Studio with GA4? Um, I'll take the first half and then, Megan, if you'd like to take the second half. Um, so, the first half, I really think, you know, broadly speaking, in an enrollment environment if you're using analytics to track enrollments which is the focus of today's conversation um, it, it kind of boils down to those uh, conversions at critical steps in that process I think there's a lot of valuable information in analytics platforms uh, and and you definitely want to build on just like are we getting clicks to the application but if I'm this group marketing and admissions I'm, I'm going to probably focus there to start where's traffic coming from And when you have conversion set up is it is that traffic generating the specific actions or outcomes that we care about um, and that applies to every school but Megan anything to add to that and then the second half.
2: Yeah, no, nothing to add there. I think another um, just point is if you are running digital, you want to use that data to then make changes to your campaigns. I think that's kind of one of the most important parts that is sometimes overlooked. Like you'll set up your campaigns and you'll set up analytics and then you won't necessarily look at the analytics metrics and then implement changes based on the data you're seeing. In terms of incorporating with Looker Studio, I think it is a helpful tool. I think it's most beneficial when you have your key set of metrics, whether that's you know, five, 10 metrics that you want to look at, and then you pull those into Looker Studio, and then you're able to, instead of going into analytics and looking for them every time, you're able to kind of see that snapshot in one place. And then I think a benefit of Looker Studio as well is that it's very shareable. So if you have someone that maybe isn't in the weep, isn't in you know the day-to-day management of your analytics tools or your um, campaigns, then having that Looker Studio dashboard to be able to just send over to them and give them that you know super high level view of performance is really important and helpful.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great call. Just for anyone who's not familiar with Looker Studio, like like Megan said, essentially a tool where you would take data from the, the analytics platform and, and put it into a more digestible format. And so um, it starts with, are you getting relevant data to, to Megan's point, but then it is a great way to, to take the work you all are doing and share it with other relevant parties who may not be as. in the um, Next question. How do we define audiences and how do other schools typically define their audience? Um, Megan, this is one we talked a little bit about. Did you want to take a first pass at it?
2: Yeah, I can. I mean, so for us in terms of defining audiences, I think we have a platform where we're able to expand the audiences that we're able to use for each partner. And so when someone buys remarketing from us, we set up a set of remarketing audiences for them based on the traffic to our site and um you know pulling in those relevant filters to target. All of that is based on just page views and like what they're looking at on our site. There are also ways within analytics to create audiences based off of actions, but those things would need to be um, like for you and your site, those cannot be shared across different groups. So like, for example, we could not use those audiences for a particular school, an agency could not necessarily use those audiences for a particular school. Um, So that's how we define them and then the way like if you wanted to define yours in analytics it would just depend on kind of what's important to you like do you want to look at people who are just viewing a specific page on your site or who are taking a specific action and then you would of course tailor your ads and the content that's on the ad to whatever uh, audience you you created and are targeting.
1: Great thanks for that Megan. Um, Many of us use Ravenna for admissions do you have specific tips for that platform um, I'll take a first pass so again I think the Ravenna piece and and platforms like that that, that if you go back to the little timeline that I, I walked through a few times I think first and foremost you want to know where on your site you are linking to these these really critical and valuable third parties like Ravenna or anything like that so where are those Touch points, how are families getting there? And then use what we just talked about with analytics to track that activity. So uh, we know that they can get to Ravenna on our inquiry page. We know they can get there on our apply page. Let's track those pages. Let's track those links. Once they go to Ravenna, your Google Analytics is not going to continue to follow them. Google Analytics only tracks activity where it's implemented, which is your website. Nine times out of 10, third parties do not let you put your analytics on their platforms. Um, So you track those exit points, those important steps to start an inquiry, essentially leave your site and go to Ravenna um, and do that. That's the Google Analytics best practice. The other thing I would add is, and I kind of alluded to this in the presentation, is you catch that non-personally identifiable click to Ravenna and then when they're filling out that form, um, make sure that your how did you hear about us is relevant and 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 make sure that when that form is getting filled out, you're still viewing it in context of the analytics data. And so uh, when I say relevant, I've seen people have 30 options, um, things that are outdated, stuff like that. If you want that data from a parent, make sure that the list you're providing them is relevant, but always bear in mind that you're asking a human who's busy managing their child's education to tell you where they heard about you when they're filling out an inquiry form, take it with a grain of salt and balance it with that that data that we've talked about capturing in Google Analytics 4. Um, So that's my tip for Ravenna is is just understand how it fits in your process and and kind of uh, use the data available accordingly. Anything to add, Megan? Nope,
2: nothing on my end.
1: Uh, What are the important, we covered this one. So I think it just got duplicated, but uh, again, this is kind of the root of it all. The important analytics are what's important to your school. Um, Will you please demonstrate how to export this information into a custom report? So, Megan, this is the other one we talked about. I have Google Analytics for a demo account, pulled up, but do you want to talk about the first piece as it relates to, like, exporting universal analytics information?
2: yeah yeah so we're actually in the process of publishing a resource for that so we'll make sure that it gets sent out to everyone there are a few ways to actually export um, your ua data and a few different formats you can export it in one of the in my opinion easiest ways is to just export into an excel sheet or some type of google sheet so that you can look at the data look at trends filter things um you can also export into a pdf but i think that's a little bit harder um, to do that, though, you would just log into your Universal Analytics, look at whatever date you want to look at. And then there is in the top right a little share button and you would just click on that and download from there. But like I said, we'll have a resource on that that outlines the steps and has um, screenshots of where you find each button that you would need to click. Awesome.
1: And then we did have, like I mentioned, we have an analytics account pulled up. This is the, the Google Merch Shop Um there's a lot of reporting in here. And so I just want to be sure if the person who was, was talking about this was, was referring to that. There's a, a lot of abilities in Google Analytics for to, to build and share reports. I'm kind of hovering over um, some of this information in the top right. Uh, ignore all of the data. Again, this is a, a mock-up store for Google's merchandise. But um, I think looking at the platform, I just wanted to pop over here and show you that there's a lot of pre-built reports, things like that. Uh, And then really in this top right corner is where you can uh, add a lot of comparisons to get customizations and then um, export that data, either in Excel or things like that to to Megan's point. Um, And then I believe that was our last question. So I don't know if anything came into the chat, Angela. Um, Otherwise, I believe we're, we're about a minute to time.
0: Yes, we've got a couple of questions that have come in in the chat, um, and I apologize for the delay. My mouse was doing something a little crazy. Um, So the first question is, is it better to use custom events in GA4 than to create them in Google Tag Manager?
1: Uh, Megan, I'll answer my low-tech version and then add color. Um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, GA4, I think the beauty of it is you don't need Tag Manager to create events and conversions anymore. It, in the old world, Tag Manager, for those of you who don't know, you'd have to install that on your site and tell it to start capturing all those kind of raw events. And then you'd still have to do the goals piece and analytics, um, essentially two systems. Now with GA4, from what I've seen and experienced, you can pretty much get away with everything using that, that kind of infrastructure and and operator conditions that I I, I walked through earlier. So I think may not necessarily be better, but it's certainly easier to just use GA4, in my opinion. Megan, anything to add?
2: No, I mean, I agree. I think GA4 is easier if you do have someone that is uh, used to setting up things via Tag Manager, and that's the easiest for them, then there's no reason to change doing that. Um, But I think the UI is, is definitely
0: easier for the majority of people.
1: Cool. Great.
0: The next question is: This is a great one because I'm sure there will be lots of others on the call who are struggling with this or wondering about this. Can a particular user be excluded by GA4? I'm constantly on our website checking information, editing, etc., and I feel like I must skew the numbers.
1: Definitely, Megan. You want to speak to how that would happen?
0: Um... Yeah,
2: there are ways to filter. To add filters, and um, within J4, like we've seen schools in the past exclude like the IP address of your school, and so then anyone that is like within your building um, would be excluded then from that view. You do um, like you can either add a filter to everything, you could create multiple filters, you could kind of play around with it that way. Um, you could do it for just yourself, like. Literally your IP address. Um, but we have seen kind of like internal, external filtering applied.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, like Megan said, there's filters in the admin where you can add that. Uh, also, what I found is a function of like data streams. You can use data streams in that same kind of way, right? Like here's a data stream excluding things, and here's one not excluding IP addresses. But, but great question.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's actually a little simpler than it used to be, which is because I remember dealing with that when I was in-house. We had the same problem. You have to make sure that you exclude all the teachers and administrators, and you try to do the campus-level IP address exclusion, and it's it's much cleaner using the data streams.
2: Yeah. Um, and one one oh, quick ahead. thing to note, it is called data filters in GA4. It used to just be called filter, so if you're looking for the same thing uh, that you're used to seeing anyway, it is just slightly different, um, and it's in um, yeah, a data settings section in the admin overall view.
0: Awesome. Great call out. And what looks like our last question, since UA data is no longer accessible after the end of 2023, how do we compare and contrast year-over-year growth metrics? Or do we download UA data and then do the analytics manually ourselves?
1: Yeah, wonderful question. Something you know we're even encountering with partners, right? I would say uh, the best solution would have been to implement GA4 back in 2020, right? If we all had the, the time machine, we'd go back, and then you'd have overlap of both the, the platforms. Um, but other than that, I think downloading the data while making it manual is a great place to start, right? At least you have something to look back at. Um, better to, to, to do that and not know how you're going to use it than, than to wait until you need it and not be able to get it. Um, Megan, anything to add?
2: Nope, I think that is what you have to do. One thing, if you are savvy with Looker Studio, you can connect it to a Google Sheet. So you could download all of your UA data, put that into Looker Studio. And then uh, if you have Looker Studio also connected to GA4, you could have two Looker dashboards that you would compare instead of trying to compare a bunch of data in a Google Sheet to what you see in the UI in GA4. Um, So that might make it a little bit easier, but still, I think it's a bit more of a manual process than any of us
1: would like. Yep. Yeah, great call out though on another way to use Looker Studio. It's really, again, that, that way to like take a ton of information that's probably not going to be very pretty and, and and make it actionable, which is really the point of all of this is using the data um, to, to make insights and decisions. Um, appreciate the questions, Angela. Is that the last one?
0: That is our last one. So if if we don't have any more, I want to thank our presenters, Cooper and Megan, thank you for sharing your knowledge with our audience and thanks to everyone who hung on through the questions. As we mentioned, we are going to be sharing a recording of the of the program as well as slides and the resources that were mentioned in the presentation. So links to the blog posts, our parent survey as a teaser, our 2023 parent survey will be released in September. So keep an eye out for that. We're actually launching it with parents tomorrow. So we'll have some fresh data for you there. But watch your inboxes and your favorite podcast app tomorrow for the recording of the webinar. And thanks again. Thanks, thanks
1: everyone. everybody. I-